Jamaicans celebrated their independence from Great Britain on August 6th, this past Monday. Bahamians did so on July 10, and yes, Americans, they did that on July 4. On July 4, the Lord allowed us to share a message. And that message on July 4, we spoke about freedom, independence. And just a reminder here, in case you missed that one, that independence has to do with freedom from outside control. That's what independence has to do with. It has to do with independence from external source. Freedom in general has to do with a person standing on or functioning in their own capacity without leaning on someone else. True independence if you were here with us last time, you would remember, is really what is to be properly termed independence. That is what true independence is all about. I, I, I repeat that for, for some of us here. True independence is really interdependence. And based on what we had from last time, we know that this world is a global village. So we need one another. Those who cannot understand this reality just need to look back at some of the team sports that went on this past week at the Olympics. And I won't go into that even though I'm tempted. But you see, when we talk about interdependence, we need to understand this reality that there is no place, no space for selfishness. And this is what I'm asking us to reflect on for a moment this morning. Live and let live. <laughs> and when I say live and let live, I'm not talking about the documentary that has been directed uh, by Mark Perschel uh, with stars like Colin Campbell and uh, Peter Singer and Melanie Joy. No, no. When I talk about live and let live, you could even subtitle this message this morning, The Folly of Selfishness. You could possibly title that. And so this morning, I want to take a little bit of support from the Bible this morning. And I'm asking you to go with me and reflect on a short passage from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. 1 Kings chapter 3, 16 through to 17. 
And uh, I'm going to be paraphrasing without changing the message that is given because that's what I'm led to do this morning. So stay with me, please. So if you were to look and start with me at verse 16 of the third chapter from the book of First Kings, you will note that there, in this story, there were two prostitutes. And in this particular case, they came before a judge. Let's go live there. One of them, the plaintiff, said, Pardon me, Your Honor. I beg your pardon, Your Honor. This woman, referring to the defendant, this woman and I live in the same house. And I had a baby while she was there with me, says the plaintiff. <laughs> the third day after my child was born, this woman, the defendant, also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one else in the house but the two of us. So what she's saying here is that there is no witness. If you were to look at verses 19 and 20, 19 to 21, you will see the story continues. The claimant says, during the night, Your Honor, this woman, the defendant, she lay on her son and killed him. And, 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 and she got up in the middle of the night, Your Honor, and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was sleeping, Your Honor. And then what she did, Your Honor, she put her dead baby by my breast and put my living baby by hers. It's still night. The next morning continues the plaintiff. I got up to nurse my baby, only to find out that my baby was dead. But soon, daylight came, and I could see more clearly, continues the claimant. And I saw that it wasn't the son that I bore. It wasn't my son. The dead baby was my son, Your Honor. Let me pause here to say that in life, accidents happen. I don't think whichever of this lady, these ladies would have intentionally crushed her son. But those who know about uh, such matters will likely tell you that when babies sleep with their mother like that, that's a common occurrence. No wonder they put them in cradles, in, 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 in cribs. But let's continue. The second thing I want you to remember, it is that the response in a tragic moment is what can reveal whether one is selfish or not. Tragedy happens to selfish people. It also happens to people who are not selfish, but it is what happens. Let's continue this saga. The defendant gets to speak. And so she comes in and I imagine she said, no, you're under the living child is my son. The dead one is that woman's son. This is the defendant talking. <laughs> so the king, the, 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 the judge, he said, but, but hang on. 
But the first one is insisting that it is her son. The next one is insisting, insisting the same thing. So what you have, A, two women with the same story. Watch this, only one of them is correct. Which one? The second thing I want you to remember, B, when there is no witness, a selfish person can lie or cheat and may even seem to get away with it when there is no witness. That is why in any case that you hear been trying in court, they always try to get a witness. And the bad guys, you watch them in the movies and you listen. To this day, they try to get rid of the witnesses or turn them. That's for another story. The third thing, see, and this is for all of us. We must be careful about hastily drawing conclusions. So here is the judge. And he looks up by the time you get to verses 23 to 25 of that third chapter of 1st King. So the judge is reasoning out aloud, almost like a soliloquy. This woman says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While the other one says, no. Hmm. Your son is dead and mine is alive. Clearly, this living child is not a fruit or a stick or some inanimate object. But watch what the judge decides to do. And those days, judges had power. So the judge gave an order. He said, get me a sword. And when the son, when they brought the sword to him, he said, listen, I want you to cut this living child down in half. Let the one foot stand and let me see. Let the other one stand and let, let them, let them uh, become two again. No, I'm just, I'm not joking. But that's the order he gave. As if this living person was a fruit that you could cut in two and distribute it. What use is there of a half a boy? And when I say half, I mean cut down the line from head down to the dividing of the feet. But the woman whose son was alive, I call her the plaintiff. She was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the judge, Your Honor, remember I'm paraphrasing, Please, Your Honor, give her the living baby. Don't, don't kill. Don't kill him. <laughs> what did the other woman say? The defendant. She said, No. Neither I nor you shall have the son. Cut him in two, Your Honor. Divide him in two. Do we have people like this woman in the world who would rather see the child die than admit that something was wrong and she was possibly the one more guilty in this case or the guilty one? Or 
are there other people who will say, okay, 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 don't, don't, don't kill him. This is the essence of what I want to share with us today. It has to do with selfishness. So let me talk about selfish people just in the context of this incident for a while. I want you to remember five things. Number one, selfish people are heartless people. They have no heart at all. The second thing I want you to remember is that selfish people have no regard for the pain and suffering of others. They don't care about you. They don't care about your headache. They don't, they don't care about the agony that you're going through. They don't care about your loss. They have no regard for your pain or suffering. The third thing I wanted to remember is that selfish people will instigate a murder and they will do so without remorse. They will tell you, kill it because I can't have this child. Let it be dead. I'd rather the child be dead than this one having it. Selfish people. They will instigate, if not commit murder. And they will do so without blinking an eye. The other thing I want you to remember is this. When it comes on to selfish people, they will seek to make others pay for their own negligence or mistake. Do I need to say that again? Selfish people will want you to pay for their own negligence, their own mistake. In other words, they take no responsibility, but they assign all the blame. Selfishness. Selfish people. And the last thing I will tell you is that they will hold on to their concocted tale with such a passion and may even cause unsuspecting people to believe them. They will take Jesus the Christ down from the cross and declare their innocence and tell you that the story that they're feeding to you is right. And they will say to you that everybody knows that they are right and everybody else is wrong. These people, they are so good at what they do because they apparently have been doing it from way back when. So they will hold on to the story that they have built up, the tale. They will tell you that they didn't kill the child, but the other person did it. They will tell you that they didn't switch any child, but the other person did it. They will tell you that the child that they stole is theirs. The dream that they have stolen from you is theirs. That's how they are. And they will, they will build a whole castle on that nonsensical tale. But let's continue. I don't want to get too far. But the judge gave a ruling between the plaintiff mm -hmm. and the defendant. Mm -hmm. The plaintiff is the one who said, okay, let her have it. Your Honor, don't, 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 don't kill the child. The defendant, I call her the wicked one, says, no, kill the child. If I can't have the child, she shouldn't have the child. Is that selfishness or is that selfishness this morning? But the judge gave her ruling. And I'm going to slow it and say it. Give the baby to the plaintiff. Give the lady to the first woman. Do not kill him. The claimant is the mother. The plaintiff is the mother. 
The defendant is the guilty party. She is the one whose child is dead. She is the one who may have accidentally rolled over and killed her child. But she doesn't want to face that reality because of her selfishness. And so she wants to throw somebody into grief. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Because this incident in that book of 66 books, the first Kings chapter 3, 16 through to 28, it happened long ago in a faraway place. The, the judge at this time was a king by the name of Solomon. The nation, the clan, the culture was a place in Palestine, Israel. But the principles, the practices of deception and selfishness, they never die. I'll tell you why. I want to say something about the mothers because of the example that they portray. And every day should be mothers say if you ask me. There is just something about a true mother. She has the heart of love. She will love other people's children even though they are not her children. She will love them like her own. She will promote life. She will sacrifice her own feeling or loss. She will sacrifice that and face the pain just in order to preserve life, especially life of the innocent. When I talk about mothers, I have to think about my mother, but I'll tell and save that for another day. I have to tell you just one thing though, and this is very personal in case you think I'm, I'm just trying to say something to make somebody feel good. When my mother was pregnant with what was supposed to be me, one of her friends came to her and said, you're a nice young lady. You have the rest of your life before you. What are you going to do with that child? And this, this is going to be her third child. And you're not even sure if this man is going to love you or marry you. Because the other two children that you have, the person didn't marry you. So get rid of this child. This is what I'm giving you. Take this, just go home, drink it. Everything will be alright and you won't have to worry. Friends, my mother took the bottle of what? She told me the story. And it's going to liberate somebody this morning. She went home and she said, I will not do this sin against my God. And I will not tell you where she threw the bottle. But she threw it in a place that's not so pleasant. In a rural area. That's all I say. And my mother will tell you that of all the children she bore, she said she never felt a pain when delivering that child. There are so many instances that child is this person. So forgive me if I don't agree with abortion because you never know what you're killing. I have to tell you. Forgive me if I can't agree that you have a right to kill an unborn child. Forgive me if I cannot agree with you that a child is not a living being. Forgive me. Because you see my situation. 
I would have been dead. So I do not apologize, sir. Oh, I can forgive you. And God can forgive you. That's between you and him. If you think he can forgive you. But no, I cannot agree. And I do not apologize. Don't, don't turn off the TV. Don't turn off the, the system. Stay with me. I was just led aside. I didn't plan to tell you this. Selfishness can lead to murder. Selfishness is all about the other person. And the, do you know that the Bible has over 100 verses that speak to the issue of selfishness in some form or another? No, I'm not going to tell you 100. I'm not even going to tell you 10. But let me just quote a few short ones really, really quickly. The first one has to do directly. It speaks to selfish people. And it says, you look for much and behold, it came to little, you selfish people. And when you brought it home, I blew it away, you selfish people. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruin, while each of you busies himself, herself, with his, with her own house, selfish. That was a word from Jehovah to his people in Israel at the time. And I just quoted Haggai 1 verse 9. Look at this instruction for those people. Incline my heart to your testimony and not to selfish king. This is what the psalmist says in 119 chapter verse 36. The psalmist asks, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Don't be selfish. <clears throat> Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. When you are selfish, you are void of sound judgment. It's not my words. Proverbs 18 verse 1 say that. And I just pick those quick examples from the Old Testament. I'm not going to give you any more. There are many, many more. Uh, let's keep over to, to the New Testament in case you think. And I'm reading from the, uh, from the ESV version of the Bible. Let each of you not only do his own interest, but also attend to the interest of others. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, her own interest, but also to the interest of others. Can I speak to a politician here? Can I speak to a national leader? May I speak to a prime minister? May I speak to leaders in the state legislatures of, let's say, these United States of America? What was said in 2 Timothy 3 verses 2 to 4 seems very relevant as if it were written this morning for this day watch this for people will be lovers of self selfish hello lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to parents ungrateful unholy heartless unappeasable cannot be appeased selfish people slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, all 
these negative qualities, you can tie them straight into selfishness. Tell me a selfish person that you know who is not proud, who is not arrogant, who is not abusive, who is not disobedient to parents, who is not ungrateful, who is not unholy, who is not heartless, who is not unappeasable, cannot be pleased. Tell me a selfish person that you know who is not slanderous, who is not without, uh, without who does not participate or have uh, no control of self. Tell me a selfish person who you know who is not brutal. Tell me one selfish person who you know who who is not uh, not loving good tell me a selfish person that is not treacherous that is not reckless that is not swollen with conceit tell me a selfish person that you know who is not a lover of pleasure more than lover of God I'll tell you one more that one was from 2nd Timothy 3 Verses 2 and 4. It's as if it's just written for today. Yes. I leave you with one <laughs> from the English uh, Standard Version. And if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother, her brother, in need, yet closes his heart, her heart against him, how does God? love abiding him or her and yet you tell me Pastor Floyd that you are a Christian you tell me evangelist so 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 that you are a Christian hey father I'm talking about uh, your priest you say you're a Christian you give name the label that you put on these so-called people call them kingdom citizens call them Christians call them conservative call them but they call the name of the Lord if any one of them, if any one of you, if you see your brother in need and you close your heart against him, what does that make you? I am glad you ask. It makes you a selfish person. It makes me a selfish person. Yes, in the story that we shared this morning, Solomon is the judge. And yes, we have a righteous judge, the Father up above. Thank you. We need to understand that selfish people are usually full of fear. They're, they bother on, or even they are paranoid. They are fearful. I have a word for you if you're selfish this morning. I want to tell you that unless you change your ways, the very thing that you fear, the one you fear most of all, will come upon you unless you change. And one of the things that will happen to selfish persons when they do not change, they suffer alone. They die alone. Their money can't help them. The thing that they crave and worship and idolize cannot help them. Mark the way of a selfish person. Mm. I want to say also before I close, that selfishness is literally foolishness. Selfishness is stupidity. To be selfish is to be foolish. And I'm reminded of what is said in Proverbs 22 and verse 15. It tells it this way. It says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. In other words, if, if this selfishness 
is not dealt with early, if it's not rooted out, what it will become is a stronghold. And when I say a stronghold, the people know that they're selfish and it's as if they can't do anything about it. They will tell you, they will tell you I can't do anything about it. That's just who I am. That's just me. Do you know anybody like that? Yes. Selfishness is at the core of the ungodly, the person who does not know the Father up above. At the core, man, therefore, is basically selfish. Sin made him this way. But God can change the situation. He has changed. He has done it over and over. He can change your situation if you are selfish today. If you are selfish, God can take that selfishness away. We started this message reflecting on independence, but I reminded you that in our context here, we're not talking about country liberation from um, imperial powers or something else. We're talking about man to man, human to human, relationship to relationship, selfishness, independence. In this context, it doesn't work beyond a certain point. There is no room for selfishness. We need one another. Live and let others live. Live and let others live. <laughs> let us lean on the everlasting arm of the Almighty God. Selfishness is a tool of the vision. It is one of the devil's favorite weapons. Selfishness. It means that a person is essentially one with a heart of stone, as I mentioned before. Cold, stone cold. But God can remove that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. I won't go into all the scriptures supporting that. He can teach us, he can teach you how to live and let others live. If you do not know him as Lord and Savior, it means that you are one of the persons who always seeks to steal the dreams of others, to steal the babies of others, because baby can be figurative. You have a dream and somebody got a whiff of it. And because they didn't take time out to focus on that, they got a whiff of it. They steal your song, they steal your poem, they steal your sermon, they steal your book. They, they pirate it online and claim that it's theirs and they know it. But there's a righteous judge. He doesn't sleep, he doesn't slumber. Somebody may want to steal your dream this morning. I'm talking to somebody. The baby that you have birthed, you have spent hours in the incubation stage and it's there and somebody sees it and they want to steal it. Ah, it's even worse for some people. They're actually giving birth to the dream, to the idea, and it's beginning to, beginning to take off. And, uh, and these pirates, especially those on social media, who worship the God of Mammon, they are heartless, they are cold, but there is a God. There is a just God. 
justice is on the way. And I want to speak to some of us who call ourselves church leaders before I go this morning. Uh, my time is almost up. Uh, if you are a leader in the church, whether you're a pastor, a father, a priest, a deacon, an evangelist, a teacher, uh, whatever your ministry is, if you find that you have that element of selfishness uh, so that when the beggar comes to your door and asks you for something, the first question you ask is, is he or is she a member here? Does he or she pay tithe? No, I'm not saying you mustn't pay your tithe. I am just saying that if you see the need and you can do something about it and you do nothing, it is a form of selfishness. And if you're a leader and you're in the political arena, I don't care which side you belong to, whether this side or that side, if all you are interested in is just to win the next election and you couldn't care about the people from your constituency or you couldn't care about anything else, you don't care about humanity, you don't care about justice, all you want to do is win the next election so you can say, I am so and so. Please forgive me and uh, don't imprison me. It's not my word. It means you're selfish. For in a, in a democracy, when you tell the people what you tell them, and you better be telling them truth, and when you go where you go, the people who put you in power, they are expecting that you will deliver on some of the promises. And by the way, you owe it to those who voted for you and those who did not vote, so that you can always go back to election. When the next election time is coming, you can campaign again. But oh, no, 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 please, please, don't, don't, don't hate me, I'm just the messenger. We have a duty. And God wants us to get rid of selfishness in every corner. I pray that this morning, you will listen to this simple voice that seems to come from nowhere. It's not very famous, the Citadel Incorporated, but it's the message. And I'm praying that this morning, that you will take this and run with it. If you haven't yet known Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are going to be selfish. But with Him, you can be strong. With Him, you can be powerful. Yes. So ask Him, say, Lord, I have a problem. Yes. I know I'm selfish. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to come into my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit. Take control of my inner being and work your way out so I can be wise and think not only of myself but others. I accept you now as Lord and Savior. And those of us who said that prayer long ago, yes. give yourself anew to, to him this morning and watch him replace all that the enemy stole from you. Watch him replace all that you thought you were going to give back and lose. Watch him change your life. Watch him operate right before your very eyes. And I'm trying to close this morning, but I want to say somebody to somebody. They have stolen the inheritance that your father left for you. And ordinarily, you would have created war and strife and fight them. But when you saw their evil intention, you gave it up. And look how God is blessing you. Look what God is doing for you. Because you didn't say, well, 
It's my money. But before I let them have it, I am going to make sure the lawyer gets all of it and I'm going to create a store. God is a debtor to no man. And I want you to remember this, that this morning. As you pray, think on this thing. Oh, thank you, Lord. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. Peace.